Welcome to Movement Church. My name is Matt Labby. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Movement. If you're joining us for the first time today, we're so grateful that you are here with us. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired on your spiritual journey. Now, today is a special day in the life of Movement Church. If you're watching online, the reason why I'm preaching outside is to be able to bring to you what we're experiencing right now at the Phoenix Park Pavilion, where we're gathering together as one large church family to be able to celebrate God, to hear a of a message, to be able to see children be dedicated to God, and to see people go public with the faith and hope that they have found in Jesus as they do it through baptism. And so we're so excited today to be able to gather together. Here's what I love that I've seen over this past season. It's this, that regardless of what's happening in the world around us, that God is still doing something in us. And so I'm so glad that you've been able to experience that. My prayer is that you continue to be able to do that, that you join a Movement Home Church. You see, Movement Home Churches are groups of 10 to 15 who gather throughout the Chippewa Valley. And Movement Church is not something where we do home churches, but Movement Church right now is a collection of home churches. We've been able to see people receive Christ. We've been able to see community and connection. And we believe that that is an incredible next step for you to take, which we want you to do by going to iammovement.church and signing up for a home church today. Now, I want to start by just simply confessing something to you. Now, I know that some of y'all are going to be able to relate with this. Some of you off the top are going to say, I'm one of those people too. Uh, But here's what I want to let you know about me. Some of y'all are going to think I'm crazy. I'm okay with that. What I want to let you know is that I talk to myself. Anybody else out there right now, go ahead, raise a hand. No shame. Would you say that you're one of the people that talk to yourself? You see, I I think that every single one of us, believe it or not, we talk to ourselves. We have an ongoing internal dialogue, an internal narrative about the world around us. And we begin to build these structures and systems in our minds about how the way the world works. Here's, Here's a thought for you that we don't experience the world, but we many times experience the world the way that we see the world. And so here's what I mean by that. Here's an example of me talking to myself. Um, So many times we end up judging other people by their intentions. We judge ourselves by our actions. And so uh, I don't know if you've ever had one of these situations, I'm sure every one of us has, where you've been on the highway, you've been driving down the highway. This happened to me just a few weeks ago in Tennessee. I was driving down the road and somebody cut me off in traffic. What was the first thing that I did? Well, after beeping at them, I did not give them the number one sign. So don't don't worry about that. No shame here. But uh, what, what happened is I began to build this narrative in my mind. And I began to think about how maybe they left that day thinking that they needed to cut somebody off. I can't believe that they would do something like that. And I began to judge them based on their actions. Whereas for me, if I wake up one morning and if I'm having a bad day or maybe I don't look in my blind spot the way that I need to, and if I cut somebody off, I judge myself by my intentions. You see, I talk to myself. My guess is that you talk to yourself as well. If you're a wife in the room today, uh, you talk to yourself about your husband. You see, it's that time that he leaves the toilet seat up again, that you have an internal dialogue, you have an internal narrative about why he did something like that. And you begin to think, man, how could it be that he would leave the toilet seat up again? Maybe even you hit water and all of a sudden you are mad as can be. Why? Because you begin to think, I can't believe he would do that again. I can't believe 
believe he would want me to fall into the water because there's an internal dialogue that we have about the world around us. Husbands, you have an internal dialogue about your wife that maybe uh, she asks you a question like, hey, do you think that girl's pretty? And you didn't answer fast enough. You know, you thought about it for a second before you said no. And all of a sudden you realize you are in deep trouble. You're in hot water. And it's in that moment that you begin to build these narratives about your spouse in your mind. You see, we're always talking to ourselves. I talk to myself. And so the title of today's talk today If you want to go ahead and write this down in your notes, go ahead and write this down. I talk to myself. I think that there are three major conversations that we have internally about ourselves that we talk to ourselves. And these are really three conversations that people for thousands of years have been trying to figure out, what do I do with these narratives that aren't positive narratives? What do I do with these uh, questions that I have in my mind about how I am in the world? And these three major dialogues that we have with ourselves that are many times are the negative dialogues and negative conversations that we have with ourselves. The first one is this, is shame. That we have a conversation with ourselves internally to say this to ourselves, I am bad. And so we look at what we've done in our life, we look at the brokenness in our own life, and we begin to feel ashamed for who we are. We feel ashamed for what we've done. And so we feel shame where we say, I am bad. That's an internal dialogue. That's a way that we talk to ourselves. We, we have an internal dialogue of guilt. That's the second one. We deal with shame. We deal with guilt. And guilt looks at what we've done in our past. We look at the broken relationships. We look at the things that we shouldn't have done. We look at the things that we wish that we would have done that we didn't do. And we begin to look at those things in our lives and we begin to feel guilt for those things. And we begin to recognize I've done bad. So we feel shame. We say, I am bad. We feel guilt and we say, I have done bad. And the last one is this. The dialogue that we struggle with is, uh, is I'm powerless. It's a victim mindset. We begin to tell ourselves, I'm powerless to the world around me. And it's in these three different dialogues that we begin to tell to ourselves, that we begin to see these psychologists of today that try to give these explanations of how to be able to reconcile these different narratives in our own lives. And, And I think many times what they end up doing is they either begin to say that we need to deny it, that we need to deny the fact that there is such a thing as guilt, We need to deny the fact that there is no such thing as doing bad or doing wrong. They say we can deny the fact that we are ashamed and we just simply share that with the people around us. We deny the fact that we're victims or they begin to say that we actually need to begin to recognize it, that we we rationalize that whatever that might be, that that we, we deny it or we rationalize it to say, well, the reason why I did bad was because of these circumstances. We begin to say, well, the reason why I feel like I'm powerless is because of these five things. And, and, and so the world around us begins to say that you can deny it, you can rationalize it. But ultimately, as we come to scripture, I believe what's so important for us to recognize today is that what Jesus says is that you can actually heal it. You see, because the only way that we can see something that is broken be made right is through healing. And we see that comes through Jesus. So as we look at these internal dialogues of shame, of guilt, and a victim mindset, we begin to look at our world and the world around us, and we begin to ask the question, what would it look like for me to be able to live a life without shame, guilt, and being a victim? That's exactly what 1 John and the writer of 1 John begins to talk to us today. So let's go ahead and turn there in our Bibles. We're going to be in 1 John chapter 5. We're going to be reading from verse 5 down to 13. I'm going to skip around just a little bit, but you can go ahead and read in your Bibles. 1 John chapter 5, verses 5 
to 13. And here's what John has to say about these internal dialogues, the way that we talk to ourselves. He says, who is the one who conquers the world, but the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God? Jesus Christ, he is the one who came by water and blood. Not by water only, but by water and by blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. Verse 7, for there are three that testify. The Spirit, the what? Somebody say it, the what? And then he says the water. And then he says the blood, the what? The blood. There are three that testify. These three are in agreement. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. The one who has a son has life. The one who does not have a son of God does not have life. I've written these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. Today, I want to talk about the three solutions to those internal narratives that we talk to ourselves. Three solutions to the internal narratives of shame, of guilt, and of being a victim. Because we see the solution in this passage by water, by blood, and by spirit all which come through Jesus Christ. That the moment that Jesus comes into our lives, the moment that we see him for he truly was, the moment that we see Jesus and that we recognize that he has called us to give everything to him, he changes these internal narratives so that the way that I talk to myself is different. But it's not until we recognize the power of the blood, of water, and of spirit that we can overcome those internal dialogues and narratives of of shame, of guilt, and of being a victim. And so let's reframe the way that we talk to ourselves. Let's go ahead and start with the first one. And here's what John says. He says this, that there is a blood solution for guilt where you're justified. There's a blood solution for guilt where you can be justified. You see, throughout the Bible, what we experience and what you and I experience, what we see in the world around us is a world that's broken. And as we look at a world that's broken, the reason it's broken is because of sin. That the moment that sin came into the world, not only did it break down you and me, but it actually broke down systems. That we actually see systems in the United States that are broken. What we see systems in the world that are broken, that should not be the way that they are. And so we see this brokenness in the world around us. And we recognize that, man, there is actually guilt the moment that you and I sinned. The moment that you stole something as a kid, the the moment that you looked at somebody who wasn't your spouse, the, the moment that you wanted something that wasn't yours or that you reacted selfishly instead of selflessly, what that does is that begins to fracture the world around us, that we actually incur guilt for what we've done. We actually experience that in the way that we expect in the justice system, that when somebody does something that's wrong, they actually have to pay a price for what they did wrong. And as we come to the God of the universe, when we do something wrong, we have to ask the question, well, how do we reconcile with the very God who created everything, who is pure, who's holy, and who's just, who must punish those who are wicked? How how is it that we're supposed to be in the world? And the way that we actually see God beginning to restore this is through the narrative of the Bible through blood. That he actually says that there is no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood because the wages of sin is death. 
You see, because if I sin against you, there's a certain punishment that will happen. But if I, if I sin against an eternal God, there's such an, a more eternal consequence to that, that I've broken that relationship with the one who created me. And because of that, we see that the wages of sin is death. And so the Bible tells us, listen, what you couldn't do, what I couldn't do, we couldn't be, ba- we couldn't be good enough. God did on our behalf that Jesus died. He came, he was truly God, truly man, died on our behalf. And it's because of Jesus who rose again on the third day who paid the price that we couldn't pay that now we get to be in right relationship with God. Hey, it's almost like this. I don't know if you ever experienced this. This is one of my favorite experiences. One of my favorite experiences is when you go through the drive-thru and the, the drive-thru person, when you pull back around to grab whatever it was, I always love it in Caribou, and so it happened to me at Caribou, I drive around the drive-thru and they look at me and I go to hand them my credit card and they look at me and they say, no, you don't need to pay. It's been paid in full. In that same way that we get to experience that in this temporal life, it's in the same spiritual sense that when we come to Jesus, that all of a sudden now the the wrath that we deserve, the, the, the misdeeds that we had done, that now instead of us having to live in guilt, knowing what we've done, now we can say, listen, it's been paid in full. Now when the enemy tries to bring up the things of your past, tries to bring up what happened in your marriage, tries to bring up the addiction in your life, tries to bring up the way that you broke down that relationship through bitterness or through gossip, and he tries to throw that in your face, there's an opportunity for us to turn to him and simply say these words, no, 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 you don't understand. It's been paid in full. It's the moment that we begin to think about the things that we've done in our past, and we wonder, did Jesus really cover all of those things, or am I really actually guilty that we get to tell ourselves a new narrative to say, listen, I don't have to live in guilt anymore because it's been paid in full. Can somebody celebrate that right now we don't have to live according to what we've done in our past. We're not defined by who we were, but we're actually defined by who Jesus was because it has been paid in full. And we begin to see that there is power in the blood of Jesus, that we have been justified. We have been made right in the sight of God, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus did, because it's been paid in full. And so now through Jesus, we have a new dialogue that we don't have to think about, I'm bad or I've done bad. We actually have a new dialogue to say through Jesus, he says that he removes our sins as far as the east is from the west and that now we get to live free from the past. And so I'm so grateful that we belong to a faith that we don't have to continue to try to pay for the things that we've done, but we simply come to Jesus and Jesus pays in full. You see, there is a solution to guilt. The solution to guilt is through the blood. It's through what Jesus did on our behalf. And there is a blood solution to guilt, which is that we're justified. But the Bible doesn't simply stop there. The Bible doesn't say, listen, you've been justified for the things that you've done in your past. But the question is, what do I do with the shame that I feel inside of me right now when I feel like I could say, listen, it's not just that I've done bad, but it's actually that I am a bad person. We begin to feel shame for who we are, that there's actually a solution to that as well. And what we see in the Bible is that there is a water solution for shame. There's a water solution for shame, which is that we've been purified. We've been purified. 
You see, what I love today, we're celebrating this idea of baptism. And as we look at baptism, what we see is actually that we're up out of the water. It shows that we were who we used to be. But when we go under the water, it shows that we've been washed clean. We're actually made new. And when we come back up out of the water, it shows that we are a new creation. We've been purified from what we were and that we're not going back, but we're moving forward. And it's because of Jesus that we get to have a new future that he set up in store for us, that we don't have to live in shame for who we were, but we get to look at who we are as a child of God. You see, the moment that we come in a relationship with God, we're a child of the King. We are somebody who is a co-heir with Christ. We're somebody who's a new creation. And it's through Him that we get to experience a new and fresh life. You see, I think it's so much like this. This past week, I had somebody from my hometown show up and hang out with us throughout this week. We had a great time with her. And as I was thinking about that, I thought many of us end up, when we go to our hometown, it's almost like people begin to think of us the way that they remembered us the last time they saw us. And so it's so easy to feel shame for who they knew us to be. And I think that's what happens sometimes. We get caught up in this mindset where we begin to experience shame for who we were, who we used to be, who we used to be known as. But now as we come to Jesus, as we understand there's a water solution and that the water solution to shame is to be purified, that we say, no, 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 listen, I got to tell you, I'm not who I used to be. And you get to look at the world around you. You get to look at your coworkers, at your friends and at your family members and say, no, I got to tell you about Jesus because I'm not who I used to be anymore more. I'm a new creation. And Jesus gives us a solution to shame. He gives us the water which purifies us. The moment we come to Jesus, we are purified, made new, a new creation. And so Jesus gives us a cure to the internal dialogue. So what the enemy tries to begin to tell us, no, listen, you're bad. Or look at what you used to do. Or look at what you used to be. That you say, no, 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 listen, I'm not who I was, but I'm moving forward to the future that God has in store for me. Is there anyone out there who can test and say amen to say I'm not who I used to be I'm moving forward to who God's calling me to be you see there's a water solution to shame we see that there's a blood solution to guilt where we're justified there's a water solution to shame where we're purified and ultimately we see that there is a spirit solution to victim where we're actually empowered in a new way He actually says there are three that testify. There's the blood, there's the water, and there's the spirit that is truth. And it's through the spirit of God when we come to Jesus that we actually receive power in a new way. I can't tell you the number of times in my own spiritual journey where I've struggled with the same sin the same addiction, the same selfishness. As I look back at my life, so many times it was like me trying to overcome it in my own power. And the reason I was a victim was because I could not overcome what only God could overcome. You see, again, we want to come back to this. And and sometimes I would try to deny that I have a problem. Sometimes I would try to rationalize that I had a problem. But ultimately what needed to happen was that I was healed and I was able to be empowered to move forward into a new future. And what the Spirit of God does is he comes in and empowers you and empowers me to live in a new way. I want to tell you this, that there is a way. We went down to the Corvette Museum in Kentucky. We had an incredible time there. And while we were down there, we got to see the new 2020 Corvette. And uh, it has over 400 horsepower. It's able to go from zero to 60 in, in less than three seconds. But I can tell you right now that there is a way that Matt Labby can outrun a Corvette. 
I know right now that you're like, there's no way that that kid looking on the screen right now is able to outrun a Corvette, but there's a way that I could outrun a Corvette. You see, the way that I can outrun a Corvette is if the Corvette has no gasoline. If the Corvette has no gasoline, it's not empowered. And it doesn't matter how many, uh, how many horsepower under the hood, if it's not empowered, there's no way that it can get to where it's going. There's no way that it can actually accomplish all that it's supposed to accomplish. It's not until that gasoline is in the tank that now there's ability to be able to do everything that it was created to do. And that's the same thing in, in, in who we are, that many times we are a victim mindset to the world around us because we can't accomplish what we're supposed to do. And we have this internal dialogue to say, I'm powerless. But it's only when we recognize that we've been empowered by the Spirit through Jesus that now we can actually live according to the way that God has called us. We actually have the gasoline in the tank. We have the way to be able to live in a new way. And there is a Spirit solution to being a victim, and that is to be empowered. It's to begin to see that we actually have the power to live in a new way. So now when we look in the mirror, now, now it's not that we look in the mirror and we say, man, there's no way I can break free of the power of sin. Now when we look in the mirror, it's not that we can't do all that God's called us to do. But as a matter of fact, many times God calls us to something beyond what we can do in and of ourselves so that now we see that we are spirit-empowered people. Now we see that we are not doing this by our own selves, but we're doing it by the very Spirit of God. And when we come to Jesus, there's a spiritual solution to us being a victim and that spiritual solution is Jesus. That spiritual solution is being empowered by the Spirit of God. So today what we see are solutions to how we talk to ourselves. That no longer do we have to live with the narrative of shame. We don't have to live with the narrative of guilt. We don't have to live with the narrative uh, feeling like we are powerless, but we get to begin to live with the new narrative based on who Jesus is. And so today, as we celebrate baptism, what we see are people who have come to Jesus, who have given everything to him, who have committed their lives to him, who experience the blood that they've been justified, who experience the water that they've been purified, who've experienced the spirit that they've been empowered, and now we get to live in a new way. My hope is that throughout this week, you begin to replace those narratives in your minds with the truths of Scripture so that we begin to see not I am bad, but we begin to tell ourselves I am forgiven. That we don't begin to tell ourselves I've done bad, but what we see, say to ourselves is I've been made new. That we don't say I'm powerless, but we begin to say through God, I can do anything through the Spirit who strengthens me. And in that way, we begin to have a new narrative to our life. My hope is that you would write those down to say every single day. And my hope is that you would write down every day this week, that you would say to yourself every day this week, those three powerful truths to say, I am forgiven. I am made new. I am empowered by the Spirit. And as you do that, you'll be able to see God work in your life in new and powerful ways. So when you celebrate baptism today, what I love is that we're actually celebrating people who have experienced all three of those realities in their lives. For you watching right now online, we want to let you know that we're celebrating, but I believe God is calling you to one of two responses. The first response is this, that maybe you've heard these truths, maybe you've experienced these truths, but maybe you haven't fully been able to recognize this new inner dialogue that God calls us to. Maybe you've never experienced this new uh, way to talk to yourself, to say, listen, I trust in the blood, I trust in the water, I trust in the spirit. And if that's you today, then I want you to commit to saying yes, to writing these out every single day this week, 
find a scrap piece of paper, go ahead and put it in your car, make it so that before you start up your car in the morning or before you sit down at your workplace in the morning that you write down those three phrases to say, I am forgiven, I am made new, I am empowered by the Spirit so that you can begin to live into who you are through Jesus Christ. You see, because sometimes what we try to do in our own selves is to fix, fix our brokenness. It's only when we come to through Jesus that he begins to heal that which is broken in our lives. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is maybe you've never experienced this before in your life. Maybe you've experienced these dialogues of shame and guilt and being a victim and you're saying, I need to experience something new in my life today and I'm feeling like maybe God is calling me to it. I'm, I'm feeling sweaty. Maybe for some of y'all, you're feeling like this weight that just feels like it's pressing down on you and today is gonna to be the day that you give everything to Jesus to say, I trust you for the forgiveness of my sins and I commit to follow you all the days of my life. And we're gonna pray a prayer in just a minute. Um, but before we do that, if you make that decision today, we want you to go public with your faith. We want you to be baptized because Today, we get to celebrate the water, the blood, and the Spirit. Would you pray with me today? Lord, we thank you so much that we don't have to live in shame. We don't have to live in guilt. We don't have to live as victims any longer. But through Jesus, we get to live justified and purified and empowered. God, I pray for every one of us this week as we talk to ourselves, that God, you'd help us to have a new narrative, that we would have your narrative on the world. Lord, I pray if there's anybody who wants to give their life to you today and wants to experience what it is to be made new, what it is to have their old sins wiped clean, what it is to be empowered by the Spirit, that Lord, I pray that you would work in their life. And if that's you, why don't you pray this prayer after me? Go ahead and repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I trust you for the forgiveness of my sins. I commit to follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for the gift. And I'm all yours. And Lord, we just want to say thank you for our time together today. Thank you for our church family, for the way that you're moving in and through our family. And I pray that you would continue that work in uh, here at Movement. We ask all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, Movement, we hope that you have an incredible week. I can tell you we're missing you right now at Phoenix Park. But we can't wait to see you back next weekend. My hope is that you would be inspired and encouraged today. And I want to let you know that the best is yet to come. I love you, Movement. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.